0: to the broadcast, my name is Maggie Cavanaugh, I am your host, and today I have my buddy friend, brother in Christ, Ryan Roy with me today. And Ryan is a really uh, neat individual out of the uh, Georgia area, I believe, and which is right one state over, but I did not meet him in Georgia, nor did I meet him in Tennessee. I met him on Periscope years ago, and Ryan hosted this thing called the Scope Train, which brought a whole tribe of people together, like-minded people that love to encourage people, inspire people, but also tons of Jesus followers, right? So we were all on this train together, and he was the conductor. And so I've known Ryan for years, and I love his heart, but Ryan stepped out into a role of being a parent. And he had some concerns about parenting because of his own experiences, And now he has this amazing organization called FBI. And no, it's not the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It is fathers being involved, which in my opinion, there is not something. There is, this is one of the most critical things that we need to be focusing on for this generation is for dads to be present. We have a fatherless generation. Uh, we were talking before the broadcast about you know how we both had grown up without our fathers. And so it is important for those of you watching to get this out to your sphere of influence. Get it out to every dad, every brother, every uncle, because someone is fathering someone maybe even if it is not their biological father. Someone might be fathering someone spiritually, someone might be fostering someone, someone might be helping someone else raise their child because we've got a lot of craziness in the world. But today, I want to welcome to you friend and brother, Ryan Roy. Ryan, welcome to the broadcast.
1: Maggie, thank you so much for having me here today. I'm very excited to be on Keys to Your Best Life. Uh, and it has been some time, but it, it, it was it an was amazing time when we were on Periscope together and uh, really coming together and, and fellowship as a bunch of Christians on the scope train.
0: Oh, absolutely. So much fun. And I'd love to see God still moving in the lives of many of those people. So many of us have kept in contact over the years because we were birthing something new. And now there's tons of live streamers back then, you know, it was kind of just getting started and we were all getting our our ears wet and so forth. But this area that you have stepped into now is such an important area. So can you share a little bit of your story, Ryan, and how you came to be an FBI dad?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So um, as I tell the story is, is I was abandoned by my own father at age five. And it was uh, actually just a couple weeks before Christmas. My parents had already been separated. Uh, I spent the weeks with dad and I spent the weekends with mom and I happened to be at mom's at the time. And I was sharing with her all the presents I wanted Santa to put under dad's tree and all the presents I wanted. Santa up under her mom's tree because mm-hmm. I was a really good kid and I deserve two Christmases, right? <laughs> um, and as I was having this discussion with my mom, I remember she used to always read the paper and she kind of put the paper down and she says, I need to share something with you. You'll no longer be going back to your father's.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And As a five-year-old, um, I think I just paused and I think in a way for mom to comfort me, she assured me that Santa would bring all the presents under her tree sure and you, you know so we had some challenges growing up right uh a single mom raising five kids uh financial challenges obviously time management challenges right how do you spread one mom i have two kids now with a very uh blessed uh together marriage and uh we feel like there's not enough time in a day so i can imagine what it would look like back then but but moving forward you know I, I didn't want to be a parent uh i grew up and i said I, I said to myself i don't want to have kids because i didn't know what it looked like to have a healthy relationship mm-hmm. uh and, and it wasn't that i didn't think i'd be a good father i didn't know if i would be a good partner because i didn't have that example of what it looked like to have a healthy relationship um then i met my wife and uh we uh we got married um and, and, and part of the thing with my wife is when we were courting each other, we had a very serious conversation. She said to me, she says, how do you feel about children? And I, you know, I knew how I felt. I just shared with you how I felt. But like any smart man, I, I just posed the same question. Well, how do you feel about children? <laughs> I, didn't want, I didn't want to share what I was about to share uh, unless I knew where she was. She goes, well, I think it's important as we're growing closer to each other. She goes, if children are important to you, want you to know the doctors told me that I have a less than 5% chance of ever bearing children. Wow. So Maggie, I mean, that sounds wow, right? But in my internal brain, I was doing backflips. Here's the woman I'm falling in love with and she's not going to be able to, in my mind, it was a hundred percent chance, right? To have me face my greatest fear and that is becoming a parent. Wow. So I proposed not too soon after that, not too long after that, her and I eloped. And I remember on our wedding night, she says, well, what are we going to do about this kid thing? And I'm thinking 100% there's no way we're having children. Uh, I'm like, let's just have fun. Let's like, why do why do we have to worry about something we don't need to worry about? Let's just enjoy each other. Let's enjoy our time together. And whatever happens, happens. Um, six weeks later, she was pregnant. Ow.
0: Talk about stretching you. God was stretching you.
1: Right. So so six weeks later, she's pregnant. And I can honestly say I was excited. But I knew in that moment, like, I needed to be opposite of what my father was. My father was absent, right? And I made a vow to myself that I would be fully present with my child and now children. Um, and I was. I was just that for the first five years. I didn't miss a milestone. I didn't miss anything. I just poured my life into this little guy and my family uh, and, and and I remember him about to go off to, to school right elementary school it's a big milestone for a lot of moms because I was so involved it was a big milestone for me like my little man's going off into this big strange world in this big building and I remember my wife and I going to the school and there was this PTA table at an open house night. And I think like most dads, I look back on this and I was the typical dad, kind of like feeling lost in this big school. Everybody's talking to mom. Everybody's engaging with her. And I'm just kind of standing there. And there was a woman at the PTA table. She says, hey, dad, we have a dad's program here. Would you like to be put on the email list? And I was like, cha-ching. This (laughs) is awesome. There's a place for me. I've been so involved. I get to stay involved. They actually called it Davis Dads at the time. So I filled up my name on, on the list. Uh, and I waited anxiously next to my computer for this email to show up and 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 it didn't show up and it didn't show up. I think we we're about a, six weeks in and finally an email came in and said, you know, um, dad's meeting for the dad's group. Uh, it was six o'clock on a Tuesday and I was like, oh, clear my schedule. I'm going to this thing. I pull up to the school. There's no cars in the parking lot. But I'm like, maybe I went to the wrong part of the school. I've only been here once before. I'm not quite familiar with it. Walked around a little bit. Finally, a guy opened up the door. He says, you here for the dad's meeting? I said, I am. Am I in the wrong place? He goes, no. I said, where is everybody? He says, the dads just don't want to get involved. But I'll tell you what it's all about. See, in my gut, in my core of who I was, I knew that was a false statement because I was a dad and I wanted to be involved. Sure. I kind of watched from a distance that first year, kind of saw like the lack of dad involvement. And I decided to take over to Dad's group, rename it FBI Dads, and I've grown it from me and that one gentleman. His name was Shane, so two of us, to well over 400 involved dads at my school over the last. I four love months.
0: that. Now is that just in the Georgia area, or is that all over?
1: So it's Georgia now. I actually uh, last month had um, was invited to speak at the Georgia PTA because we've gotten some accolades. The school's gotten some accolades. It's obviously a very thriving um, the uh, program package in their school.
0: Wow. That is amazing. Absolutely amazing. It makes me think about, um, how many times if, if, what would have happened had you not do that? I mean, some of these dads might not find their place within their child's education and their life in general. I know from the statistics, they're very startling. I know that you have some on your website that I read that I agree with. Uh, we This is a broken thing that needs to be fixed. And so if you're watching this broadcast and you're thinking, but I'm not a dad, but my sister's a single parent or my neighbor down the road is a single parent. Listen, take the opportunity to sow into the life of a young person. It will literally change your life. Now, Ryan's starting with his itty bitty kids. They're young, right? How old are yeah. your children?
1: So I have a nine year old and a three year old now.
0: So, nine and three. So, he really got it from the start. But don't think that because your neighbor, your sister, or your coworker has a teenager, they don't need you. Kids need involvement. And so, uh, a father role, uh, a role of a man, teaching a man, especially how to do things, is incredibly important. And Ryan is available for coaching, and you can check out his website. He's got it listed there. But so, Ryan, so. Why? I mean, is this because you were abandoned? Is this why your mission you've made it a mission to be a good dad and to help other dads be present in their lives? Is that where that came from?
1: Absolutely. I, I, I think for me, right, as, as I, I kind of just mentioned, once I realized I was about to be a father, I, I couldn't have uh my own offspring my own children go through the same challenges i had and those challenges for men and, and, and the same challenges for women but in a different way right growing up without that that father in in the house i i, I imagine for women it's like uh, how how am i supposed to receive love how am i supposed to do this for us men there's a lot of that but there's a lot of how-to. how to how do you yes. learn how to drive how do you shave like, how do you do things that men are supposed to do? How, do? how do you, you know, hang a picture on the wall? Like these things that are like predominantly what men kind of do for the household, these physical things. Like, how do you do that if you've never seen it done? So I didn't want that for my own son, but I also wanted him to know that he and, and both of them at this point are are just loved. Right. I think that's that's. Not like Jesus, right? If we define Jesus and God, right, with one word, it's love. And 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 without that, without understanding what that looks like, how can the next generation change that, right? I, I made a conscious effort to say, and look, what what does love look like? And, and Maggie, you, you, I think I looked through our Facebook conversations. You know, when I did the scope training, I, I hadn't come to Christ yet.
0: Right. Uh, but I
1: remember,
0: I, I remember when you became born again, I was like, yes, touchdown. Brian's a Christian. Yes.
1: But, <laughs> oh, and, but I was seeking what real love looked like, not necessarily for myself, right? Because it became bigger than me. It became right. for my family and my children. Yes. And, and ultimately, what did I find? I found Jesus. And, and when you have Jesus and that agape, unconditional love, in your life, you can now give that love if you're able to receive it. That's and, right. And, and I just, uh, I, I wanted that for my kids more than I wanted it for myself. But for me anyway, I don't think I ever could have understood it until I became a parent because it's just overwhelming. I mean, I'm getting teared up right now just thinking about how much I love my children. And if my God. Loves me, unfathomable <laughs> how much he loves us. I can only understand how much I love my own children, and and if he loves me a million times that, infinity that, man, how blessed am I? How it's blessed mind are you? Blowing
0: it's mind blowing the it love is. of God. And, and that is the perfect father. And so many times I hear people, you know, and I, I struggled myself trying to get close to God because of the father wound. I, I'm sure you're familiar with the terminology. It's a huge gapping hole that we have because we did not feel loved. We did, were not affirmed by our fathers, but whenever God, uh, whenever I came into a relationship with the Lord, it was so hard for me to receive because he was fathered. And so I had to work around that whole mindset of a dysfunctional father versus a perfect heavenly father. Yeah. And, you know, people we are we're always going to let each other down. We're flesh. You know, uh, we strive to live, the, uh, you know, according to biblical principles so that we walk in the spirit and not the flesh and so forth. But people will let you down. But your heavenly father never will. So I was so incredibly overwhelmed with joy when I seen that take place because I've seen it coming. I was like, there are way too many people praying for Ryan. Mm-hmm. And Ryan is too passionate to, once he gets a hold of the Lord, look out. So not only did you get a hold of the Lord, you got a hold of helping others uh, to replicate the love of the Father in the natural as well. So tell us about uh, your podcast. I know you got over 300 episodes on parenting. And I love the title of this. I <laughs> don't know jack about parenting. I mean... <laughs>
1: Well, well, and where does that come from? I remember one day, and 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 it happens in episode two. It, it was like the first one. I thought about doing a podcast, right? I'd kind of come off the live streaming. I'm still coaching, but I have a lot of stuff I need to get out of me and and share. And if it just helps one person one day, it's it's so worth it. Yeah. And 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 Christian was, and that's my son. That's my oldest son. That's my nine year old. He was probably about uh, sixth time and he was having some heart palpitations and he does have a heart murmur so we were he's like my chest is hurting and i i I couldn't figure it out and we went to the doctor and we're cardiologists and everybody and they're like he's fine we don't know what this could be uh and i just remember using a different word than jack i don't know about parenting uh (laughs) And I was I was doing the dishes. I was actually and and I just I was just so frustrated with here. I'm reading all these books. I'm writing books. I'm talking about stuff like and I can't figure it out in my own household. Right. And I, I don't know jack about parenting. I don't know anything because no matter how much I read, no matter how much I go through, no matter how much wisdom I seek somewhere else, this person keeps growing and changing himself. And I have to grow and evolve with him. Every time I think I got it figured out, I realize I don't know, Jack, about parenting. So the 300 episodes is kind of a documentary of about two years of me just sharing my thoughts, my challenges, my triumphs, and uh, how I approach this parenting thing, good, bad, or indifferent. I never suggest to anybody, hey, you should do this or do that. It's just my perception uh and how I handled certain things. Uh it, it came to find out that it was a little bit of anxiety he was dealing with. Um and uh when you start doing research and recognize where that could come from, uh my wife and I made a couple simple adjustments in the household. And those adjustments led to him not having those challenges anymore. <laughs>
0: Wow. And, you know, I'm so thankful that you were in tune to that because, you know, it could create a long, lifelong thing had a parent not recognize this. Yeah. And dealt with it, it uh, very quickly. And so kudos to you. So whenever we're talking about uh, your parenting role, so you've got this thing about the dad's daily four. <laughs> right. talk about that, Ryan. Tell us what is the dad's daily for? So
1: the dad's daily four is simple. So many dads have the and, – and I'm going to use some strong language here, right? Reasons, excuses, justifications as to why they're not spending time with their kids, right? Yeah. That may sting somebody right now. Hey, I work a lot. I'm tired when I get home. I need some me time kids absolutely need our time as parents right there's you, you you can have enough time for this device you have enough time to make phone calls you have enough time for work but when i coach people a lot of times i'll say what's the most important thing to you in the world and they'll say my family and then we'll break that down into a pie chart of time they spend with their family and it's very little
0: <laughs> not a priority <laughs> it's,
1: it's very little right and I, and I say based on your actions it's not alignment with your words would you agree and obviously, when we ask questions like that and the rhetorical, people are like, uh, well, yeah." And and then stop the excuses. We need to spend a little bit of time. So, Dads Daily Four is actually four minutes a day that we could spend intentionally with our kids. Uh, and you could go to fbidads.com dot uh, forward slash Dads Daily Four, and and actually DD Four, and download a copy of this because it's a psych.
0: We're hanging there.
1: We're good. Loved. And this is it. Tell your kids every single day. And it's going to be hard for some people. I love you. Why? Because they didn't receive it themselves. Tell them. And a lot of people use the excuse. Justification. Well, they should know I love them. I I put the roof over their head. No, it's not enough. Tell them with your words and your actions. Number two, tell them that you believe in them. (laughs) I believe in you. So I could use an example of this. Uh, with 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 Christian right playing baseball, uh, he had a rough season. He had a point zero 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 batting average this year. He didn't get a hit at all. But every game, every practice, we would talk in the car, and we we have two goals, and, and the goal is one to have fun, and two is to give a hundred percent effort. Those are the goals every time. I don't, dad doesn't care if you hit a ball, doesn't care. I just want you to give good effort and I want you to have fun. You're a kid. But I would tell him every game, I believe in you today. You're going to get a hit. And he'd come off and he'd be like, well, I didn't get a hit. You believed in me. I still believe in you. He did get on base. He got base hits that got, or, or, or RBIs, right? There's one out. He hits a grounder down first. The guy's coming home from third. He played a key role. The batting average didn't reflect that. But I always told him I believed in him. And I think it's key that in that aspect, uh, sports is one thing, but just believe in your kids no matter what. And tell them you believe in them. Number three, tell kids that you trust them, right? Sometimes they're age-appropriate things, right? But my three-year-old just yesterday it was the 4th of July that, you know, we're, we're doing this on the 5th of July. And 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 he said, Daddy, can I go over there where the lighting the stuff? And there were other adults there that I trust. And I said, I trust that you'll make the right decisions. Go over there. And I trust that you'll keep your distance and pay attention to the other parents. So, yes, you're three and a half. But I trust you. And some people may not do it. But if I don't trust them at three... How am I going to trust them at 13? You need to tell them that you trust them early and often and put them in positions to be trusted. Otherwise they won't learn that skill.
0: You know, Ryan, that's very important. I want to piggyback on that because they they will hold on to that because they do not want to lose the trust. And so if they feel like the trust is not there, they are going to test the waters. And so that's, that's very important. And I'm glad you mentioned that. That's excellent.
1: And then the last one on Dads Daily 4, and I do this at, during FBI Dads events at the school, is I have the dads actually from stage. It's an interactive breakfast we, we do, and we usually have a lesson. But before we even get started, I tell the dads to finish this sentence. And I have them face their kids eye to eye, face to face, right? Face your kid. Don't just look over. Face them. And finish this sentence, I am proud of you because. And mm-hmm. I think it's important that dads tell kids they're proud of them because when dad's proud of you, you want to do more of that. It feels good when dad's yes. proud. So if dad's proud of you for doing something and you know it makes him proud, wouldn't you want to do more of that?
0: Yes. So I think okay, if, I
1: if dads can tell kids on a daily basis something they're proud of them for, tell them they believe in them. And, and it's through words and actions, right? So all of this is in the flow of a day. You could literally get up in the morning and say, I love you. It takes, you know, a second. The kids say, hey, dad, I'm thinking about hanging out with my friends after school. And you say, hey, I trust that you guys are going to make the right decision. I expect you to be home by 5 o'clock, right? And then it could be, hey, dad, you know, I'm not so sure I'm ready for my driver's permit. I know I'm turning 15, but I don't feel comfortable behind the wheel yet. Well, I believe in you, and we're just going to put in the time and the practice, but that believes you're ready, even though you don't believe it. Right. And I'm proud of you for even thinking that, right? That's a very responsible yes. reaction you just had to that. You know, I'm proud of you for recognizing that, but no, we just put in the time and the effort, and we'll do this together. I think if you could do that, look, I just summed that up in about 40 seconds, right? It doesn't take a lot of time to build our kids up. And too often, we're tearing them down with our words. Build them up with our words. That's Absolutely. The Dads, the Dads Daily 4, if you were to go and get the download, it tells you the psychology, not from my perspective, but from four different doctors as to each one of those, why they are important into great depth. So you just don't take my word for it. You take it from the professionals who have done the research. Uh, but you could get that download for free at fbidads.com forward slash dd4.
0: I absolutely love the daily four and it, it can. And and that's also the spiritual discipline. It's a spiritual principle. And we look at the especially in the Old Testament, how the fathers passed things down to the to the younger generation and they entrusted them and yeah. they told them and they spoke life over them. And we've got a wor- world that we're living in now where there's so much. Uh, just, I, I would call it word cursing. We're just, you know, our kids today are going to hell, and our, you know, the kids today don't have any respect, and our kids this and and that, and, and it's, they start
1: to believe it. Yes, and they, they do. That out.
0: They, they do and they're just like well we don't matter so why don't we you know Bible says whatever a man thinks so he is and when they're thinking that they're not valued they're not loved they're not no one believes in them and they're never you know no one's proud of them and they can't be even proud of themselves in any way uh, they get beat up a lot in the world that we live in and so for a father and a mother this is for you moms too okay yes. it's, he says it's for dads but he knows that it's for moms too because his wife practices these principles with him and how blessed are your kids to have both parents in the home. That's a rarity these days. That's why I am giving the shout out to all of you people who know single moms. Listen, help them out. Impart in them. Uh, So because what Ryan's doing is he's sounding the alarm. He's saying these things are important. This is, you know, the generation, the next generation. These are the future leaders. And so, so, oh my gosh, we could talk about this all the time, but I do want to ask you, how can we be our kids hero? What, what role? I know that your kids love you. They look up to you. How can we be their hero?
1: Maggie, it's so simple. When I coach people, I tell them, Hey, when you're about to get involved with me, I'm going to say some things that are really simple, but they're not always easy to do. Right. Right. So uh, I I like to pose this question to people like, what is, how do kids spell love? And, And for the sake of time, it, it, it is, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. That's right. Right? So you're, you're, how do you become your kid's hero? You spend time with them. You That's give good. them somebody to look up to. You give somebody that sits there and says, I'm proud of you. Because you become their hero when you're the most influential person in their life, not somebody on TV, not somebody right. who dribbles a basketball or throws a hoop or, or you know sings a song. You are the most important person in their life. Why? Because you've poured into them every single day consistently. And it could be as simple as four minutes a day.
0: I like that.
1: It could be as simple as 15 minutes a day. But as long as it's daily and they know they're loved and they know they're cared for, they get to blossom into the flower that they are simply because they have their basic needs met. They know they're cared for and loved and protected.
0: It's so incredibly important. So for the just the uh, in the formative years, those first five years, they need all of that poured into them. But once they hit school age, I mean, it needs to be a constant reminder. And so daily imparting into your kids. So if you want more information about this, go to FBIDads.com. And Ryan, if people were wanting to get involved with their kids or start a chapter in their region or whatever, what does that look like?
1: So what I tell people is, is, is this. If you wanted a chapter in your school, uh, you just have to ask the principal if she would love a dad's program that, or he or she wants a dad's program. And principals want a male presence on the school. Why? Because they understand it. Uh, yeah. I've gone through the hardships and the psychology of learning how to get the dads on there. So you can go to fbidads.com forward slash first 25 to get your information on how to get, get a dad's program into your school. Uh, and what does the dad program look like? I'll just answer that really quick. I tell dads, as we already mentioned, the number one objection for dads is I'm busy. I don't have a lot of time, right? Mm-hmm. So what I pose to dads at my own school is this, Hey, do you have three hours a year? And they say three hours a year. Well, what does that look like? How do, how do they say no to that when their kids spend six to seven hours a day at the school? I say, listen, come to a breakfast. Come to a breakfast. Do you have breakfast with your kids? Yes. Come to one of those. We have a, a sponsor. You're going to get donuts. Uh, donuts are free. The whole thing is free. The whole experience is free. And There's an interactive uh, lesson, and it could be around sportsmanship, integrity, whatever that may be that day, and, and, and have an interaction with your kid. Could you do that? Well, yeah, I could do that. Hey, listen, on that same day, we're going to kill two birds with one stone, Dads, Could you read to one of the classrooms, whether it be your child or another classroom? Could you read a book just once before you leave that day? And you will have covered two of the three things I'm going to ask you to do. And they're like, yeah, I could probably do that. I say, listen, we have a couple beautification days at the school, right? We want to give back to the community. We want to show the community that we care. So we're going to drop some pine straw or paint some things or clean uh the playground or just pick up trash around the school. We're going to do it as a community or we're going to do it as the FBI dads. Could you devote one hour to one of those two events and bring your kids along so they know what it looks like? Could you do that? Some dads are pretty smart and they say yes. I said, but that sounds like only two hours hours—a breakfast and reading a book and doing the other hour. I say, yeah, but if you have a fantastic time at one of the breakfasts, we have six of them a year could you show up to at least one more? And if you do that, that's three hours of you pouring into your child that will never forget these experiences. Why? Because dad showed up to their place of work, which is school. And you said to them, wow, this is as important because they know your work is important. Because I could tell you, probably tell them or show them 15 times a day. Dad's gotta take a call. Dad's got a meeting to go to. Dad's gotta get off work. Dad's gonna come home late from work today. They know work is important. Show them that their work is important by showing up to their school and being involved at their school.
0: Wow, that is so powerful. So if you can leave the audience with one key, and that that right there is an amazing key. (laughs) (laughs) All of this has been amazing keys. But I like to always close the broadcast with the key that they can take away and apply. So what would that be, Ryan? Start today. Oh, good.
1: Like, start now. Like the dad's daily four isn't rocket science. You don't have to do all four. If you're not used to saying your kids, I love you, start today. Just when they come home, give them a big hug and say, I love you. Here's a key about hugs with kids and anybody in general. Don't let go until they let go. Let them let go first.
0: Mm, That's good.
1: Because you don't know who needs that hug or why they need that hug. So hug your kids. Tell them you love them. And when they snug in a little bit tighter, just wait, enjoy it, be present with it. And when they let go, then you can let go. But don't be the first one to let go.
0: It wow. That. Now, that tip right there is definitely a key that you all want to implement because it is so incredibly point- important. You don't know uh, how bad hugs are needed. Uh, my husband and I was watching a movie last night. And, oh, my gosh, I'm going to put in a plug for it. It <laughs> was on uh, Amazon Prime. It was called The Ride. Have you seen it, Ryan? I have not. The ride. The ride. Okay. And I was snotting all over the place. Okay. And, and not to give it away, but it was about a boy that was in a very highly dysfunctional family of white supremacists. And he ended up in a detention center. And after seven years in detention center, was uh, adopted, well, brought in as a temporary foster to a biracial couple. And he had been, whenever he was like eight years old, they had put a swastika on him. Everything was just horrible. What he went through. It's based on a true story. It will make you ball your eyes out. And But there was a scene in that movie where Ludacris uh, played the dad. And he grabbed him. He said, stand up. And when and he stood up and he, and the shame and the and the the weight of this kid and he looked at him and I'm getting goosebumps and I'm gonna start crying here. And he grabs him and he hugs him and he just holds on to him, just like you were talking about. He didn't let go. He just held on to him. And you could just see this young man with all that hardness, just that melting off of his life. Imagine y'all if we do this with our kids every day. On another note, last Tuesday had a panel discussion on our Godfidence today, which is a podcast that I have for uh, multiple generations. And there was a young woman on there, Jamie Kirshner, who was transparent and open enough. She is a coach for teens. And she said that she never experienced someone telling her that she was loved until she was in college wow. and her husband now. Can you imagine growing up in a house where they don't speak love? And so this is, this is why the four daily dad, what's it called again? The four Dad's daily four dads, daily four is so important. I encourage you to not only do the dad's daily four with your kids, but do those things work with your wife. Those things work with your, you know, your employees, you know, now you might be careful about talking about how you love them because you don't want it to get (laughs) misconstrued, but I'm telling you, these are powerful attributes and they don't take a lot of time. Take heed to what Ryan said today. Go to his website, check out all his stuff, get his book, start a chapter in your school. Why not start today? It's not that hard. You can do it. Ryan, I want to thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you, Maggie. It's been a pleasure. Always love talking to you. As I told you before we started, always love your energy. And it's just a pleasure to uh, have another platform to share my passion.
0: I'm super excited about it. So y'all listen, make sure you check it out, share this with your friends, family, or coworkers. We'll see you again right here on Keys to Your Best Life. Thank you so much, Ryan.
1: Thank you.